0: Well, hello everyone. I'm Aislinn Campbell. Welcome to Dinner Table Talks. And with me is my favorite Dinner Table Talks co-host,
1: Joe Hilliard.
0: Joe Hilliard. Hi. We have been giving away a Dagon Produce chef's basket for the last week. A basket of delicious local and seasonal farm fresh vegetables, meat, and some eggs from our friends at Dagon Produce. But what do you have to do to get that? You have to send us a picture, you know, a photograph. <laughs> they know.
1: And let's get a little bit more specific. We're looking for pictures of food that you've prepared.
0: Send us a photograph. You can send it to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, we do those things on uh, email-y things. You know, talk at dinnertabletalks.com. Send us an email. DM us. So that we can look at it and say, yay, you're the winner. With a hard
1: deadline of Wednesday
0: at 5 o'clock. Is that what's happening? Mm -hmm. Wednesday at 5 p.m.? Yep. Wednesday at 5 p.m., we would like to give you a free, amazing basket of delicious farm fresh goodies.
1: A few episodes ago, Aislinn, you'll remember that we came up on these airwaves with the agreement that we would bring takeout food in for recording nights. Sure. One less thing off of our plate. Yes, We haven't done that since. Why? (laughs) It goes back to that same thing as last week, which is don't plan anything. (laughs) But tonight it was your idea. Why don't we do that takeout thing? Do
0: you think that the problem with the planning is me or you?
1: (laughs) I will tell you that since we decided to do takeout, I said, hey, it's the night to do takeout. And we didn't. Tonight we got the takeout, but then we had that classic conversation that long term couples get into, and that is where are we going to eat tonight? And Aislinn, I love you to death. Pigeonhole
0: us. Listen,
1: I don't believe that you and I live in any kind of cliche. However, (laughs) this one we do, and it is the where do you want to eat? I don't care. Okay, how about Wendy's, which we would never eat at, but no, no, not Wendy Okay, you no, do care. No, you suggest I've proven Wendy's, that you you're do just care. being a jerk. I know, but I'm just saying I've proven that you do care, so can we get into a real conversation, which is really, where do you, Aislinn, want to eat? And every single time, every single time, it's, I don't know, as if you've never eaten at a restaurant in Corpus <laughs> Christi and don't know what they are.
0: I like it when you... It is frustrating help. as hell, my love. <laughs> I like it when you pick. I like it when you help. But I, I answer like it this when for you... all
1: men because all men want the answer to the question.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to make a decision, I guess. Here's the problem for me. This doesn't answer the question for all men in the world. But I'm so picky about food and I want such high quality food that I know... That I can prepare, we can prepare. Cheaper, in our own home, a better meal than... But we eat out often. Than 85% of the restaurants in Corpus Christi. But we eat out often. Maybe 95% of the restaurants in Corpus Christi. No, I'm going with 95%.
1: You're deflecting. <laughs> you're def- you're, you don't have a good answer to the question, and that's so no,
0: sad because I have a lot of friends. I mean, that have great restaurants. Well, and we landed really on po- we
1: landed on poke bowls.
0: Let's go back with seventy five percent. We landed on poke bowls. Seventy five percent is safe. Did you hear me? I, I know, just I- said that you can cook better than seventy five percent of the cooks and chefs in Corpus Christi.
1: I listened to last week's podcast and I am suspect <laughs> at the amount of compliments that you're giving me on the show these last two weeks. You are up to something.
0: Yeah, I like to eat good food.
1: You're just stroking my ego, aren't you?
0: I like to eat good food. Okay, well,
1: did we eat good food tonight? We settled on poke.
0: poke oh balls. my gosh, yes. Now hold on,
1: the settling on poke bowls, it was my suggestion because I, your daughter's not eating dirty meat. You're not eating dirty meat. But something <laughs> Let's not a-
0: call it... Okay, let's But call something it about <laughs> Poke
1: Bowls uh, scratches both of y'all's itch. So, Poke Bowls it was.
0: Poke Bowl is almost A like, 100% go. of the time with Lillian. Mm-hmm. Poke Bowl with me is when I'm not looking for the warm, deep, comfort food. It's Soup, your, stews, some casseroles. Kind of, some kind of big um, hunk of
1: meat in the Instant Pot. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
0: But that could be That's at any where your restaurant. Heart is. Oh, no, not necessarily, but... Sometimes. Can
1: you think of a restaurant immediately that does that well here in town?
0: Not really. Okay. I can't eat comfort food in Corpus Christi because no one serves a comfort food at a quality food ingredient that I, I want to eat. I mean, that's pretty fair to say.
1: So why did Poke Bowls do it for you tonight?
0: When it's hot outside and I've been working outside all day, that's the time of the year when I want to eat the most fresh, raw... Not a
1: hot bowl of chili.
0: Oh, God, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fresh and clean is good. I like that. I love the flavors of Poke Bowl. The best Poke Bowl place in the whole area mm-hmm. is on the island.
1: Okay. But I'm not driving there tonight. Yeah. I'm not driving to the south side tonight. You found a place closer to our house.
0: And the one closest to our house doesn't have as many options, like a million different choices, but their food is really good. And they are close to our house. And they are super duper every single time I've ever been in there kind
1: I've got a covid story for you poke bowls in case you don't know it's a bowl of usually rice sometimes salad greens with a fresh usually fish on top the pokey place we went to tonight pokiaki right yeah. five options yeah tuna salmon tuna and salmon chicken or beef yeah it, the, and everyone in the house few, can find like, something they like
0: appetizer type things they're doing
1: curbside only still oh okay and so when I got there at 6.40 and they closed at seven. Uh It said, go to the website, order online, we'll bring it out to you.
0: Uh Okay.
1: Uh Do that. On my phone, there at the front door, Mm -hmm. ordered. It said, you have ordered too late to get the order before we close. And so the lady comes out to deliver to somebody else. And I said, is it too late? She goes, oh, what did you want? I said, I was going to order for five people. She goes, "Uh, I'll be right back. So she comes back out and takes my order, even though I know it's later than they intended on being there. Maybe it's just. In corona times, five orders is enough to stick around late for. But what struck me was just this intense level of customer service that continued throughout the whole experience.
0: And a smile on her face the entire time, right?
1: She was wearing a mask. (laughs)
0: Yeah. My thing is, and you had never been there before because I said, tonight when you said, let's do pokey, I was like, yeah, go right here to our place. Of course. It's genuine happiness. That's what I have felt from that place.
1: Well, I'm sold. I don't have to go all the way across town any
0: longer. I know. It's like right there. I know for those of you that don't live here, this means nothing to you. But for those of you that live here, where we live, exactly where we live in our little town is without a doubt the coolest place in the whole area. Oh, no doubt. We have everything. Of course. And everyone that's cool lives where we live. Yeah. It must be us. (laughs)
1: i think it might have been that way right before we got here
0: right before we got here and if we moved
1: (laughs) i am not looking forward to this because you brought up some nonsense last week but here we go unanswered questions i realize that unanswered questions is still evolving but when you ask a question and say this is an unanswered question That's just the power that you and I have as the co-hosts of this show. So the BS questions that you asked last week at the very end of the episode during Table Topics are going to be answered. But I'm not happy about it at all. Because remember, Aislinn, with great power comes great responsibility.
0: Oh, my God. These things are mildly amusing. I profess we are mildly amusing. Where did Tanya
1: Harding grow up and was there a skating facility there for her to enter?
0: I think that's legitimate. We were talking about figure skating, but we also just watched I, Tonya, So She grew up in Portland, Oregon. And
1: in 1973, when she was three years old and just getting started skating, the population of Portland, Oregon is 886,000 people.
0: It's completely changed since then.
1: I know that it's completely changed, but back then, mm-hmm. 886,000 people was enough to have an ice skating rink with instruction, et cetera. So yes, Tanya Harding did get her initial training at the city she lived in.
0: Okay, she's from Portland, Oregon? Yes. She caught the tail end of the 90s style Portland, Oregon. When did Portland, Oregon become Portlandia?
1: I don't know the answer to that, but- Damn it, you just asked another unanswered question, didn't you?
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm not asking you when did Portlandia, what the an start. <laughs> no, I understand.
1: When did Portland evolve into the nonsense and wacky and the leading edge of...
0: It might not be nonsense. I've not even been to Portland, I Oregon. I have not
1: either. You're right.
0: When we go on our next big vacation...
1: We're going to Kauai?
0: We're going to Kauai. You're
1: right, but then because the one we after have a, that...
0: We have a honeymoon plan in Kauai.
1: Is fly fishing an Olympic sport? is it you said last week i'll do the research
0: yeah but i didn't i did of course you did okay <laughs>
1: That's no fly fishing is not an olympic sport no fishing is an olympic sport fishing is not in the olympics
0: that doesn't seem fair
1: well i will tell you that there are many international organizations that are trying to get fishing into the olympics but here's my question the olympics are scheduled for 2020 in tokyo are we even
0: having the olympics this year i thought that that changed
1: Oh they already announced it?
0: I think so. Are should, we having Olympics?
1: We should just change the name of the podcast and answer question <laughs> Let's let's assume that they're having the Olympics in 2020. Fishing will not be in there but there is lobbying organizations that are trying to get fishing onto the Olympics by 2024 That will be bass angling uh-huh. and the function will be to have a big pond of bass and they release the fish back into the water.
0: Is there something I can sign?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's something you're
0: dying to see? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think fly fishing would be cooler. And it's not because I think that you need to actually catch anything. It's because the art of throwing a fly, like for fly fishing, is really, really... Surely there's a way that they could kind of like snowboarding, that they could like...
1: Everything I learned about fly fishing, I learned in A River Runs Through It. (laughs) And I will tell you that you're going to need very specific rivers so now you're putting even more criteria on places that want to host the olympics but you gotta what if have a it's river not nearby about specific that's, that's good river, for but it's like
0: the way you whip the whip oh so now it's the, it's, so it's so about you're the art of about, throwing the fly
1: you're talking about where a series of judges just watch people <laughs> pretend to fish <laughs> In my research, I found some very strange sports that were actually in the Olympics. I thought I'd share them with oh you. Oh, my
0: God. I can't wait. This, this is mildly amusing. The first
1: one was discontinued in 1920. It's tug of war.
0: Uh, yeah, I can see how that now, this could This is have the been.
1: biggest people from every country yanking on a rope until the center passes a certain point or until after five minutes, whoever had pulled their side the farthest. Here, here's one I don't think that we could do these days. It's live pigeon shooting.
0: We've already talked about the guy humping a shark and we don't go eat his sandwiches anymore. Can you imagine if we had an Olympic shooting sport where you actually shot real birds in the air? It only happened one
1: time. This is back in 1900. The competition consisted of shooting as many pigeons as possible in the allotted time.
0: Technically, how's that different from fishing? But they're going to, oh, they're going to let gonna the, fish, the fish fish go, yeah. right? How
1: about solo synchronized swimming?
0: How does that work? <laughs> From 1984 to 1992, they quit doing that one. I'd like to see some videos. Rope climbing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could totally see that. That's freaking awesome, actually. I've seen some badass people climb a rope, man. Uh,
1: my Facebook is doing weird stuff right now.
0: It's showing you people climbing ropes?
1: I will have one day where Facebook clearly believes that I want to see nothing but interesting street racing videos. <laughs>
0: But then I'll have a day
1: about? where it's like nothing but those cool modern-day jackhammer contests and throwing oh. stumps over a rope. Those strongman competitions. You know what I'm talking about?
0: You've liked something. I,
1: I don't know, but rope they climbing. They think you're a manly there.
0: man. Something you've done makes them think you're manly, and you. How need the hell did they get that idea? racing right? and jackhammering. Rope climbing ended
1: in 1932, but this is my. There's two that I liked the most: plunge for distance swimming race. This required competitors to make a standing dive and then remain motionless underwater for a full minute or until their head broke the surface of the pool and whoever went the furthest won.
0: I wanted to win that contest when I was a kid. That was you at a a swimming pool party? Yes, yes, yes. That was my favorite thing. I like to dive into the water and then go all the way to the other side without coming up.
1: You can't use your forward motion the way you would a swim stroke. No. You dive, and then you just kind of like torpedo Uh with the momentum that you've created. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it was an Olympic event for one year.
0: Imagine our country club pool, right? Diving off the diving board and getting all the way to that other side over there. I could probably do it.
1: We were doing different things at swimming parties than you.
0: I was on the swim team. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: For real? Yes, yes, yes. I saw him. High school. Did you let her in it?
0: 95, 96, 97. Show me your letter jacket. I did let her in it. Swimming. I was a varsity swimmer, so yeah, I guess I lettered in it. I have known you for this long
1: and I had no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. I swam. What else will this podcast unravel? <laughs> and then finally, last week, you were criticizing some of my pronunciations of fun French words. The <laughs> You asked me on the episode last week, can we make pâté with
0: this? Pâté. What did I say? Pâté. <laughs> Do you have any gray poupon?
1: I used to think that gray poupon was... Poupon. Uh, really? Okay, so you heard what we did. This is the proper pronunciation.
0: Pâté. You said pâté, but I... now it's it's pâté. Pâté. Pa... It's pate. Left pate. Left left right. 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 Pate. Right. P- right. Like you're you're right. Right. Pate. Patterson. Pate. Path. Pate. 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 We did everything wrong p- for radio broadcasting with our pate. 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 Not pate. Not like you said it, but pate. Pate.
1: Pate. Pate. But then, more interestingly, pate. You just have to go back to the original for this.
0: Pardon me, would you have any gray poupon? <laughs> gray poupon? Poupon. <laughs> poupon. Pate. Well, speaking of luxury meals. You were pimping this all last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. I brought it up last week because we had just finished eating it. Our friends. Who were going to be friends with benefits in March. Oh,
1: friends with benefits. The segment we were going to try to do once a month or so where we ate dinner with friends and then invited them on the show. Yeah. Stupid Corona.
0: Stupid Corona season. We did have one planned with Turkey Hollow Farm. That's our friends, the Kellers. We're going to reschedule that in the very near future. But that being said, Crystal Keller sends us a text message every single Wednesday before the farmer's market, to let us know she's gonna be at the market and what kind of delicious proteins she has available. Well, I noticed a couple of weeks ago that she had a beef protein called osobuco. Well, I had heard of osobuco before as a dish, but I'd never had heard of it as a cut of meat. Mm-hmm. So I suggested that we get Try some osobuco. Try something new. Yeah, yeah, something to talk about.
1: Well, I looked it up. What is an osobuco? We're gonna make our vegan friends mad with this segment.
0: Here's the thing. I learned about 20 episodes ago, and we're in episode 39 now, that we were not going to be a vegetarian or vegan friendly talk show.
1: I completely understand that, but I'm sure we've got some vegan listeners that just plug their ears during the meat parts, and I hope that we do, because I don't mind that philosophy. I I, love that philosophy. I'm super, I understand exactly why that philosophy is. She
0: cooks without meat.
1: That pisto last episode that you did? Yes, it's not about meat osso bucco i'm gonna get into it. is
0: I'm a, I, I'm a farmer at heart i can handle it all it's tell a,
1: me it's a cross section of the shank you know what the shank is it's the thigh it's a, the upper thigh of all four legs of a cow yes up near the shoulder joint right well they cross cut that and if you cross cut it you got that femur bone going through the middle so you get a big round bone in the middle of these osso cuts Gotcha.
0: So I bought them. Exactly.
1: And began researching what an osso buco dish is.
0: So we had osso buco last week prior to recording. Let's plan an easy night of no cooking <laughs> where we order out. Or let's make the most complicated dish you can possibly make on a Wednesday night on recording night. But... If you have not
1: purchased osobuko and prepared the traditional osobuko dish, that should be your next big kitchen task.
0: Everyone should be trying osobuko at home?
1: If you're not a vegan or vegetarian.
0: If you're not a vegan or vegetarian.
1: Now, the first thing I learned is that well, osobuko is traditionally in defense
0: veal. In the of small farm using an entire animal, if there are going to be people that are going to eat meat, whether you agree or disagree, whether you have 800 reasons why someone shouldn't, there are going to be people that are going to eat meat. And if we're going to eat meat, what I value is farmers that use clean meat, Mm -hmm. but above and beyond that even, snout to tail. And we've talked about this before with offal and everything else, and that is find use for every part of the animal that we are consuming. These are basically pieces of meat that they had to learn how to cook in a luxury way. Oh, we've talked about so
1: many times. Right. Usually peasant meat that turns into a delicacy, and now it becomes a high dollar. Like the cut. Po- like the poke bowl, like the fajita,
0: <laughs> like everything we eat that we love, tacos like for that matter,
1: pate, <laughs> pate. So I learned that osobuco is usually a veal cut.
0: Yes, and you and were I- all no, we're not doing veal. First of all, I wasn't all,
1: secondly, I said, can you find out if it's veal? And then your answer in traditional Aislinn form, no, you find out if it's veal. (laughs) So I said, hey, is the Osobuco a veal cut? I wanted to get into this with Crystal over at Turkey Hollow. And that is, if you're doing veal, make me comfortable with your veal. Gotcha. Is it free-range veal? Is it, is it nutrient-deficient veal. veal? I can already tell you it's not veal. No, it's just a cut from a big steer.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: And at, well, What did sh- I
0: tell you? I said, no, I'm not going to ask her that because it's not veal. Do you know how I know? Because they don't have any dairy cows. Calm down.
1: We're just talking about Osobuco. <laughs> so I started researching the dish, Osobuco. Comfortable with the cut. Meat's going to make everybody in the house happy. And I learned that it's a classic dish from Northern Italy. Veal shanks, in this case, not veal. Braised in wine and tomatoes. And my God, was it delicious.
0: It was so delicious. And to make it even better, you put this whole delicious dish with this delicious juice on top of perfect mashed potatoes. And then served with some basically oven fried first harvest of okra. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to be sick of okra in a few weeks. Yes. but (laughs) But the first harvest of okra... Served alongside of oso buco and mashed potatoes with a delicious brown sauce of your sauce concoctions.
1: Yeah, we'll get there in just a second because I know that. Most of the listeners are waiting for the third sauce in the five mother sauce challenge.
0: They have literally been on the edge of their dinner table seats. Well, let's knock
1: that okra out. Yeah, it was the first batch of okra that came into the house.
0: It's early even for it, but you get all excited about the new vegetables. And when you see the new vegetables, and then we we use the Dagon produce basket. Oh, I could win one. You could totally win one.
1: Well, the shorthand for me, when roasting vegetables, we do it so often. It's stick them in a bowl, throw some olive oil in there, salt and pepper. It's a J-Hack thing where we got to put paprika in it, period. And then you shake it in the bowl. You get everything nicely coated. Stick it in the oven at 400 for about 25, 30 minutes. But I was watching these every five minutes as I wanted these first batch to be perfectly crisp.
0: And they were. I was
1: shaking them every five. Every they were five.
0: burned and crisped and perfect. Mm-hmm. Not burned bad, burned good. We plated it up. Mm-hmm. There will be pictures, don't worry. And then you served it to the kids. I don't think y'all understand that you were eating like five-star dining here. This amazing cut of meat cooked perfectly over the top of this delicious potatoes served alongside some perfectly plated oven-fried okra. You're eating that in one of the best restaurants in town.
1: The juice, as it were, from the osobuco on top of the meat, and then drizzled around the side is the Espanol sauce, which, of course, is the third of the five sauces. Is that what it's called?
0: The Espanol Espanol sauce?
1: Espanol, yes.
0: We just call it brown gravy.
1: Well, it's also known as brown sauce.
0: Brown gravy.
1: Now, before we continue with the five sauce challenge...
0: I have a problem with brown gravy. What do you mean? Well, my mom made me eat brown gravy and rice. When I was a kid, oh, is it that that is the dish? That was the dish for me. The one, the rice. one that your mom made you sit over and cry. Mine was well. black-eyed peas. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, I freaking love black-eyed peas. You know, are my finish favorite. your story, and I'll tell you mine. I'm sitting at the table. I'm crying over a dish of white rice and brown gravy. Your mom would make rice, uh-huh,
1: and make brown gravy, uh-huh. Mix them together.
0: Well, like pour it on top,
1: and that was the main course. Well, no,
0: there was some other food
1: usually with it too. Okay. Well, mine was black-eyed peas. No,
0: black-eyed peas are delicious. This
1: is a story that we have told over and over. Unless you're being served some
0: crappy, crappy can of black-eyed peas, and even then, it's worth it. Aislinn, who
1: are you talking to?
0: The non-bean eater. Thank you. Could you eat white rice or brown gravy?
1: When we'd go to Chinese restaurants?
0: You ate white rice or brown gravy?
1: With butter and sugar.
0: Oh, God. No,
1: take the brown gravy out. White rice, butter, and sugar.
0: You know what? You are lucky I came into your life. I am. Because you'd be dying of diabetes right now <laughs> if it weren't for me.
1: <laughs> Says the girl that sent me to the convenience store at 11 o'clock the other night for M&M's.
0: It was an emergency. I'm <laughs>
1: How many sauces are there? Five. These are the five mother sauces that originated in classic French cuisine. Classic. Four of the five sauces are very similar. One is different. Which one is different? The hollandaise. Correct. What is the commonality in the other four sauces? Flour. And? Butter. Which makes a? roux. That's right. So (laughs) four sauces have a roux. The fifth sauce is hollandaise made with egg, lemon, and butter. Got it. Should have done Hollandaise last. Screwed up. But okay.
0: You were eager to get your egg on. I
1: probably was because we do have <laughs> chickens. So we've discussed that you make your roux for the other four sauces with flour and a fat, usually butter, but it doesn't have to be because what I've learned is that the complexity of these five sauces come from changing them, come from being original with them. The bechamel is flour and butter, your roux, I'm going to say roux from now on, plus...
0: I don't want to play quiz show.
1: The roux plus dairy. Gotcha. The veluté sauce. veloute, Is roux plus a white stock, chicken or fish. Mm-hmm. The espanol, which we just made, is a roux plus a brown stock, veal or beef. Mm-hmm. And the tomato sauce, tomate, is roux plus tomatoes. Okay. Okay.
0: So how many have we made so far? This Three? This is our
1: third one. Okay. I wanted to make a brown gravy with those mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. So now I'm using the roux, but you've got to brown it... So Mm -hmm. you cook it for about 10 minutes. You're getting that flour and that butter brown and brown and brown and stirring and stirring and stirring before you add your broth, beef in this case. Mm -hmm. And then you can also add, and most people do add, a mirapu which is carrot, celery, and onion in there as well. So you're putting all that flavor, then you add your broth, then you cook this thing down for about 45 minutes, whisking and whisking and whisking and whisking and whisking.
0: Whisking for 45 minutes? Well, I mean, you know, I don't know
1: if I'm keeping my eyeballs on it while I make my osso buco and my mashed potatoes. That is a classic brown gravy made from Espanol. Not too fancy, just very time-consuming to make it brown but not burnt.
0: We close up this delicious Osso Bucco dinner and then we have a couple of nights and you've still got the, a little bit of brown gravy left. You're insistent upon taking the roast that you had made, I think, over the weekend or whatever. Because roast is one of those things that it's like, I don't know what else to cook, so I'm going to cook a big chunk of meat. I got
1: roast. <laughs> well, that's us make every- roast.
0: And everybody's like, oh, yay, roast. <laughs> oh, I don't give
1: a crap. I love roast. But
0: then- I make roast for meat. At that dinner table moment. There's all this extra meat left. And you say, I've got all this extra meat. And I say, tacos. And Hunter and whoever else is around goes, tacos. And everybody decides we're having tacos. And as we've mentioned about a billion times, tacos is the answer to any leftover meal. You take leftover meat and you turn it into a taco. Tortillas make everything better. (laughs) So we get to the night. You don't really want to cook. You've got this brown gravy. So you go, okay, I'm gonna saute up some bell peppers, and I'm gonna mix it up with some brown gravy, and I'm gonna make a roast taco stuff to put in your tacos. And I think everyone, everyone was probably like, "Ugh." And you know what? I give you so much credit for being such an amazing cook. You're, but I you think want what,
1: something. Go ahead. No, you, no, 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 no. Wait, me. wait
0: for this. Wait for this. Okay. But I think what knocked you back a little bit when it came to like recreating the roast with using the brown gravy this time was that you had just made this Chinese food casserole thing. It was f***ing disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody liked it. <laughs> it was funny moment in time where everybody was just not going to say a word.
1: <laughs> I think I worked a long time on it. And so for it to be such an epic failure. I go, but you're at saying, the dinner no.
0: table that night, I go like this. This is what happens when the executive chef doesn't get involved in the recipe planning. Uh, okay. Well, you,
1: you <laughs> can enjoy that fantasy
0: all you oh, can Oh, no, no, too. no. I was completely oh, right. Okay. And how, what, but, what did but, you have to do with the SOB? But, but bread, we right? were, I think we might have all been in a little bit of judgment that it wasn't deserved because you took your brown gravy and mm-hmm. you took your leftover roast meat. Oh, what
1: did I create? And you
0: sauteed some delicious farmer's market bell peppers. And onions. And you made a delicious taco. I mean, it was freaking Roast good. Roast is always
1: better the second
0: night.
1: <laughs> These are starting points to more intricate sauces.
0: Let's not call it brown gravy anymore. We'll call it Espanol. Hey, i come around on, we'll, on those
1: black-eyed peas, too. will be way. like,
0: Espanol on tacos. Of course, that's delicious, not brown gravy on tacos. Next <laughs>
1: week is velouté.
0: <laughs> velouté.
1: This is your roux plus your chicken or fish stock.
0: Ooh, I'm looking I'm going to let you this. choose. Chicken.
1: Would you like to hear the choices available to you? Chicken. <laughs> Shrimp bisque.
0: Uh-huh, that sounds good. Or uh, uh-huh.
1: if I can figure out a way to grain free it, chicken pot pies.
0: I love chicken pot pies. I'll just eat the stuff out of the center.
1: Do you think I'm gonna follow up the Osobuko with a non grain free chicken pot pie where you gotta eat the guts and not enjoy the whole thing?
0: I love chicken pot pie. It's Let's do favorite. that
1: in a few weeks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That's coming soon. There you go. Coming soon. Okay, are we going to do backyard
1: TV this week?
0: (laughs) We said that we were getting out in public more, that we were doing more. Well, Memorial Day weekend comes, and we've got so much work to do in the backyard. It's the first weekend it hasn't rained in like three weekends. Yeah. We've got chickens living in our house that if we don't do a project. So you spent the whole weekend in the backyard, I spent the whole weekend in the backyard. The fact of the matter is...
1: We just can't escape it.
0: We don't have anything else to talk about.
1: Backyard TV.
0: Tonight's top story is Chicken Habit Trail. There is
1: absolutely no way to describe what we're talking about in words. We're going to have to post a video of what we've done out there. (laughs) We've talked about merging these flocks. They have to be together, but they have to be separated but our coop is not designed for something super simple. So I made it and maybe more like complicated. And just like I didn't
0: trust the ground gravy, I yeah. also didn't trust your plan. Well,
1: I'm glad that I'm just standing up to you.
0: <laughs> no. I go I've away. got good ideas. <laughs> so I go off on this adventure to buy plants. We'll see if your plan succeeds.
1: Right. <laughs> You're shit without me, Joe. <laughs> and my ideas are the only ones that are any good <laughs> i've got two goals i gotta put a gate on the fence after the dog got in
0: oh the gate that you put up was really nice Thank by you. the way hey listen in your credit and i told you this already i always make the joke i, I live with a fence guy and i have like the worst fences in town well i told you
1: it's not, not even close to being true they're incomplete
0: this weekend after you put up your last gate And fix the other gate. I looked around and I was like, dude, I must live with a fence guy. (laughs) Looks real good around here. I got good fences, gates, everything. Really nice gates.
1: Well, the fences for yourself are the ones that don't pay the fence company. So they're the one of the last ones to get done. But then I had to put together a system for these chickens to coexist with the limitations of the space that we have. A wire covered tunnel is now bisecting our run that the little chickens can run back and forth to another area. And the big chickens, exactly as we anticipated, are bullying the crap out of them.
0: <laughs> because the big chickens can see inside. They can and see can one another. And in order to get to their home and their food and their water and where they go to bed, they literally have to jump over, over the tunnel. tunnel. Right. They, have, they chase the chickens. They ch- they they're already bullying and they're hell. not even in there.
1: It is so much fun. Get chickens.
0: We sat in the backyard all weekend.
1: We did. Yeah. It's the place we want to be. You've created this wonderland. I guess we do go in to eat. We had a meal this week that was around the coffee table.
0: It was a coffee table dinner table meal. Happened last night, and this was the product of another one of your plans. I guess if we will, if we will, your your meal planning. I told you in last
1: week's episode I was gonna make pate, and I did. The problem with pate. Is that you have to let it sit overnight. Six hours, they suggest. It gets firm. Uh Uh-huh. And the flavors melange. Melange. So the next... How do you...
0: Is that how you pronounce it? Melange.
1: I'm not answering that. And I asked you the next day, we should start thinking about dinner. Around noon or so is when these chats kick off. Uh Uh-huh. We should start thinking about dinner. And you had what turned out to be the best idea.
0: Well, I kept saying we need to do charcuterie. We got carrots and... Let's have a let's, charcuterie. Let's get some cheeses. Let's Yeah, I was some, all in. I whatever. love a
1: good mezza. I love a good charcuterie. Back in episode 19, we talk all about charcuterie. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you should. I knew we had the pâté. And I knew we had uh, a lot of fresh vegetables. Cucumbers. We've cucumber always, salad.
0: No doubt. We got pickles. Pick, yeah, we got
1: pickled stuff all in the house. And then you blew my mind.
0: I go, hey, I'm going to stop into the Middle Eastern market and pick up baba ganoush, hummus, tabbouleh, and some pita bread to go with our pate so that we can create this charcuterie we've been talking about. I had been at the farm earlier that morning and my mom had just sent me home with this delicious huge jar of newly pickled okra. I say go to the grocery store, buy some cheeses and some grain-free crackers. We've never gone into the Fat keto place over here. Let's go. I'm gonna go in and see what they have. Do they have any crackers? Any bread? Spelled P H A T. Oh, that's fat. 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 Have I mentioned we live in the coolest part of town? We have a fat keto place within a couple blocks of our house.
1: I don't think you're pronouncing it right. (laughs) and what'd you get there
0: jalapeno cheddar biscuits so i go to, but them. like grain-free jalapeno cheddar biscuits you and me we tag team that thing
1: <laughs> do you, you want to put a peach on there hell yeah cut oh up yeah that. you gotta peach. have peaches put and some apples peaches,
0: and da, 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 peaches were local fruit. and seasonal
1: pickled breads cheeses picked up another dirty meat at the grocery store for other people it was a dirty meat. feast <laughs> put that thing down on the coffee table
0: that was an interesting dinner table talk by the way what's i'll be that? interested to hear what the girls think about that movie by the way when oh, we get a chance to corner them at the table virgin
1: suicides so virgin Topola. suicides
0: yes and you could tell that they were kind of like shouldering elbowing each other over. Well, they things. couldn't they
1: couldn't figure out what kind of movie this was because it is not a teen movie but all about teens
0: both of them at different intervals asked well what's this movie about i was like Teen angst.
1: And that was a movie I was so glad we all watched together. A little uh, darker than I for a beautiful charcuterie plate. But after they got into it, they were enthralled.
0: It's interesting because there was a moment in that movie where the the cute boy, you see him playing Wooderson from Dazed and Confused. All right,
1: all right, all right.
0: <laughs> which is so attractive and so like... Oh, is it? It pulled every... Oh, God, yeah. That's where I fell in love with Matthew McConaughey. I was the girl who watched Dazed and Confused... And all the other girls were in love with Pink, you know, because he's the quarterback of the football team and yada yada. Pretty boy. But I was in love with Wooderson. I was in love with that guy. That's so funny. And I kept saying, "You gotta watch him." He and they're like, "No." Because he was a character actor in that movie.
1: That's where we learned this guy. He's and playing... the walking
0: here comes a story of hurricane I love that walking seat. you're if, a sucker for a walking seat. oh my god I love it it's so good we're watching Trip. he's doing his Wooderson impersonation because when I saw that movie if I wasn't a teenager I was young 20 I remember that's the character you were falling in love. They were training you to fall in love with. And then, of course, he's like kind of a jerk. He's a bad guy. But then another interesting thing that happened in the midst of that whole like movie interaction was that Lily points at Kirsten Dunst. And she goes, what was she in? That's Kirsten Dunst. You know, and you're like, "Uh, Spider-Man? And I'm like, she's in everything.
1: And you'll remember Lost in Translation was on Savannah's, the eight films that we put together as a COVID-19, Corona Mm -hmm. film study course here at the house. Mm -hmm. And I want to show you the first Sofia Coppola film. I'm really looking forward to watching Marie Antoinette with both of them. I I love
0: Sofia Coppola, by the way. It's It's interesting to me because I don't have the director connection.
1: Oh, that's my thing. Until
0: I met, until I met you, I didn't have the director connection. The
1: director's connection. everything. Right. I'm a director Actually, the film first, fan.
0: the first real director connection I had was Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino yeah. Yes. I would have guessed. But then it was Wes Anderson. Sure. Sofia f- Coppola. Now that you, now that you mention it, every single one of her films that she's made, I just have loved, loved because Marie Antoinette is one of my favorites. That is a. F- great movie she, i loved that movie the we'll art capture watch that of next that is so good and she's making yeah.
1: she was making one before all the corona put it on hold so mm-hmm. we got another sofia film coming out maybe 2021
0: but i think that i remember sofia coppola's name becoming a thing with virgin suicide yeah that was her that big, was that was yeah. when her name became a name a beautiful
1: movie yeah so glad we watched it
0: yeah it's a good movie
1: you want to play some table topics sure ask me a question
0: well, which category do you want? I want to try
1: the Bachelorette party again. Hmm. These don't work sometimes. If this doesn't work, I'm gonna avoid it for a while.
0: <laughs> this is gonna be really good. Which Sex in the City character are oh, you goodness. most like? Bullshit.
1: <laughs> Mr. Big, your turn. I mean, come on.
0: Which the, one? Think I about could, it. I could of, could, of the four characters of the which four one ladies? Yes.
1: Carrie is the main one. Yeah, because... oh, let me see if I can even name them. Carrie. Samantha is the sexaholic, right? She was just more free with her sexuality. Yes. The redhead. What was her name?
0: I forget all... Miranda.
1: Miranda. She was an attorney. Uh-huh. She had a, the guy, the boyfriend, and the boyfriend cheated on her. Yes.
0: Yes. Right. And, it, and broke her heart.
1: And then they got back together on the bridge. They did. Okay. Yes. And then the um, Charlotte.
0: Charlotte's Is a, the
1: prudish.
0: Yes, but she's with the bald Jewish guy.
1: Okay. Which of those four lady characters am I the most like?
0: I and was a Carrie was Bradshaw. So I fell in love with Are, Carrie Bradshaw. You're going first? No, I just have to.
1: Okay, but are you the most like her or you fell in love with her character?
0: Which one are you the most like is the question? The one I'm most like is Carrie Bradshaw. Why? Because she's quirky, because um, she's out there on her own, because she values freedom and individuality as a top priority.
1: See, when it comes to women, I don't like to pigeonhole them or stereotype them into one of four categories. I would like to believe that I've got personality traits of all four. I can see myself very much as a Samantha.
0: You're a Miranda.
1: The redhead? Yes. Oh, she's the worst one.
0: No, she's not. She's Carrie Bradshaw's best, best friend she's the that, one
1: that means nothing to me I'm talking about her personality trait what personality trait more like Miranda I can see you, that you would be a Carrie you're a creator she's a writer but you're creating in different ways she's got a uh, very carefree attitude about life but is also serious in her own endeavors that totally makes sense why am I a Miranda?
0: because you are she's argue, an attorney because you argue like just to argue you
1: and don't, she argues you don't do that?
0: not like that not not the way Miranda does oh you does. do it in
1: a Carrie way yes okay I'm the most like, what's her name? The sexy one.
0: No, you're not.
1: That's the one I want to be.
0: But you're not her.
1: I'm at most all. like Miranda?
0: Yes, you're Miranda.
1: Okay, we're going <laughs> to watch a few Sex in the City episodes and come back to this next week. Because this doesn't make, in a few weeks. <laughs> Tortillas make everything better. <laughs>
0: Hey, thank you so much for joining us at the dinner table tonight. Of course, there's always many ways you can reach out and get in touch with us. Facebook, Instagram, dinnertabletalks.com. Send us a message or give us a review. Make sure that you're listening and sharing with your friends. All those things make more people have access to the dinner table with Aislinn and Joe. We look forward to seeing you next week. Did you put the chickens away? Yeah, they're done. Oh, thank God. All is well.